It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hey everyone, welcome back to the FlowTrack podcast, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack, who's fresh off an interview yesterday with uh, Trayvon Bromel. If people have not watched that interview, they can check it out. But uh, I enjoyed it. Gordon listened to the whole thing. He was very candid, very open about his last four years and didn't really didn't really mince words when it came time to, to discuss some of the current goings on in, in track and field. I give it I give it five stars. Well done, sir. Whoa, five stars out of 10? I got 50%. That's pretty good. I appreciate that. <laughs> five for five, my friend. Good job. Oh, okay. uh, and you got to plug some of your old content about how you ran a 40-yard dash against him back in the day. It was, uh, it was good. It was a good episode. I, I, I tip my cap to you. Well done. Yeah, and I, and I take away from the episode is I think he, he talked about how his 10.04 that he kind of had a lot of work on. He said he didn't have a good finish, didn't have a good start. I think he is going to be a legit contender to make the team in 2021. Mm-hmm. You don't run 10.04 by accident. You run that with right. talent. And I think, especially now with Coleman, most likely not in the picture. I mean, Lyles will be there, right? And then Gatlin's 39. And then mm-hmm. Bromel and I guess you could say Ronnie Baker, right? Is anyone mm-hmm. else we're really missing from that? From that group, I mean, Mike Rogers is getting old. Yeah, he's but he was always I mean, there. Mike Rogers is always there. You he's always there. But like, yeah. there was like two the two guys who made it last year was like uh, they're like a, the newer guys that North Carolina AT and T guy. A and T, not A and T. You talking about in the? Are you talking about in the the four by one? Or like the, who made the, the like who made the hundred last year? Gatlin, Coleman. Mike Rogers, and oh gosh, there must have, NC- must have been a must yeah. have been a fourth, it was right? North Carolina A and T guy. Okay, because Cravon Gillespie, Gillespie got the was on the four by one. I remember that. Oh, Christopher Belcher. That's it. Oh yes, 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 yeah, yeah. Christopher Belcher. He didn't make. He so didn't, like he didn't make the final, but yes, correct. But Our I would take Bromel over Belcher right now. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know? running ten oh four right now, in your in your opener beating DeGrasse. It clearly one thing that stood out to me from from that interview was how much confidence he has in his current coach, Rana Ryder, and the fact for the first time he's training in a professional training group, one that's geared yeah. towards him. And I think we haven't seen that yet. And he's still only twenty five. The big question is, can he go? 12 months injury free because yeah. if you told me that if you could guarantee that he was going to be healthy from now until the trials next year i'd say 100 percent he's on the team and it's just crazy to think about the the arc of his career just in five six years like the ups and the downs yeah. it's a whole career's worth of stuff happening to to bromel in in one in one time period but it was wild to see that result come through over the weekend and you can't be totally stunned because he's a guy who's run nine eight and he's a guy who's got a medal 
but I, I did not see that coming at all. Like if you told me yeah. the two options were he runs 10 4 he runs 10-4, I probably would have said 10-4 just based on what we've seen. Oh, yeah. Recently. And I just said, I probably would have still, because because I know how good he is, I probably would have talked myself into, well, 10-4, he's healthy. He's got 12 months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get back down there. <laughs> but, but 10-0, I mean, 10-0 is, is, is right there. You're right. He doesn't have much farther to go to get to where he's on the team. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of over 4th of July weekend uh, when this result came through, I was kind of getting a little – heated debate a little with a little, I had a little alcohol in me uh, with a fellow uh, colleague who works over at Mile Split. I'll leave him nameless. But I was like, yo, Trayvon runs 1004. He is he is like he's back. And he was like, no nah, man, you're not back until you run sub 10. I was like, no, that's not true. And so I brought out receipts. And my receipts were I looked at the season openers for last year's Team USA. Coleman's season oper- opener was 986. So that's that's Coleman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Justin Gatlin's yeah, yeah. season opener last year was 10 flat. 10, Christopher yeah. Belcher's season opener was 10 14. And Mike Rogers' season opener was 10 28. So, yeah. Do I know this person yeah. who you're arguing with? Yeah, I mean, you do because there's only two people that work at Mile Split that I would be drinking with. <laughs> so. Okay. I'm going so to talk to bet when we, we get back in. We made a bet that he would make the, the team. I think I'm going to win. This I mean, bet now. saying you're not back we'll until you run on, I know. I, I just think that's setting a really high bar. If you're saying you're not back until you run under 10 seconds, because that's what I, was I think you can. Yeah. Because you can make, you can certainly make a U.S. final by running yeah. low, low tens, depending on the year. Uh, that's yeah, that's tough. That's a, that's a tough stand. I think he's back. I well, think even if I hadn't listened to the interview, and heard about all the other changes that he's made, I would say he's back. Um, I mean, he's beating an Olympic and world championship medalist. He wasn't in the same heat as Lyles, but running on the same track, the wind was different. He's at least in the same conversation with a guy who is definitely top three in the in the U.S. right now in Lyles. Probably top two in the and, world uh, right now. I, just, I saw the race videos. The conditions weren't great. It was like rain on the track. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like it yeah. was like perfect mm-hmm. conditions. So yeah. Anyway, on today's show, we got a lot to talk about, Gordon. We got the we inspiration do. games. We got the inspiration games tomorrow. I'm in the process of writing the preview about that. So we can touch on that briefly. But then I also want to talk about uh, Usain Bolt's daughter, her name, which is getting a lot of attention. And a rumor. I don't know if it's a rumor or speculation or maybe by the time we post this episode it's fact about what they're going to do with cross country in the NCAA system because of the chances that it will football will move to the spring but let's start first with the with the inspiration games shall we what's I'm guessing for you this is all about just seeing how fast Lyles can run a 200 by himself as as the headliner I mean it'll be interesting I mean he kind of Seeing that he run what nine, he ran nine nine when dated. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, on on July fourth, I think he's gonna end up running probably like nineteen nine by himself. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's gonna be running like nineteen fives, nineteen sevens type type runs. I think it's just gonna be a a strut out there and run a, a sub twenty. That's what I think is gonna happen. 
Um, as for the entertainment value of it, I mean, it'll be nice to see. It's fun seeing people run fast. That's why we work here at Flow. That's why track is a sport because we enjoy watching it. Uh, but it's not going to be the uh, thrilling excitement that like a Diamond League race between Michael Norman and Noah Lyles in a 200 would bring, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm not going to be that inspired. Uh, that's like that's good. Yeah. Well, it's an odd bit of timing, right? Because we just saw races involving people on the same track. So then we're moving back yeah. to a virtual competition. We're going in the in the opposite direction. It'd be one thing if we hadn't seen Lyles line up on the same track as Gatlin or seen Bromel and DeGrasse or seen Shawnee Miller-Webo run against people. But we've already seen that now in 2020. And now we're going back to the virtual competition. Some of these races do have everybody on the same track, like the men's 100-yard, which I know you've circled on your calendar with DeGrasse, Omar McLeod, and Jimmy Vico. They're all in the same spot. Like all three of those people are going to be racing in Florida. So that's just a basic, simple, straight-up track race. Um, but Lyles... Lyles runs a lot of 200s by himself, even when there's other people in the race. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, so how different will this be? And we've just seen, right? This is the year of the time trial. We've seen how fast people can run with no crowds, right? And without many races under their belt. So I think anything under 20 would be super impressive. So 9-9, I don't think is is an unrealistic uh, pick. But I, I mean, looking at how fast everybody else is running... Don't you think he could do something? I'm not saying he's going to run a PR, but I mean, would it surprise you if he dropped a nine seven if the conditions are good? It would not surprise me, but I also think though he's going to run it cautiously. That's what I think. Mm. I just think there's always okay. going to be that mental factor of, hey, this isn't this isn't something to to get hurt over, right? Yeah, if the inspiration yeah. games are not what you peak for. So I think coach is probably gonna say to him like hey run well run hard but don't like take it easy like you don't need don't don't over overstrain and i I just feel like the mental of i I think he might maybe he'll cruise to like a 19.8 or something like that because he's just that good but i just don't think he's gonna be like getting the blocks and be like wait till people see this you know i think Mm -hmm. he's gonna be like getting the blocks and i'm just gonna i'm gonna Show you my talent, but I don't think he's going to, like, dunk on the world with his talent. I think he's going to do a layup. Okay. He's going to do a layup, but not, like, a 360 dunk. Okay. Well, it is July, though, and they are fit, and he just ran 993. Yes, it was wind-aided. He ran all through the line, though. I saw the video. So he was going pretty hard at the showdown in O-Town. I don't know. I just – I'm not going to put a cap on him, especially based on what we've seen other people do. Uh, You got the 150 there with – Shauna Miller-Webo, Allison Felix, and Cambodia. You got the three by one hundred. What do you think the winning time is going to be for that women's three by one hundred? Have you have you charted that out yet? Do you have a do you have a number in mind? No, but do you think Allison Felix finishes last? Yeah, she's going against the bronze medalist in the two hundred, and the other person in there is Shauna Miller-Webo, who's not going to lose this race. I would say she's the she's the underdog for sure. But we get to see the new mouth sack. Because she's going to be running at Mount Sac. Uh, Stephanie is going to be vaulting at Mount Sac, I believe. Uh, I know Muhammad was going to run the 300 hurdles at Mount Sac, but she's she's pulled out. So she's not in the 300-meter hurdle race. But I, I'm just excited to see what the new Mount Sac looks like. 
after having the trials and then not having the trials and not having a stadium and then having a stadium. It's been a whirlwind for them too. Is USATF still, or USOC, whoever's in charge, they're still holding on to the idea that we needed to take away the trials from Mount SAC because they weren't going to have a track? It's going to be a weird thing to tell people in 20 years. The Mount SAC historian is going to have a hard time explaining that to people. Like, wait a minute, you guys had the Olympic trials and then what happened? Oh, they took it away because there was a lawsuit over construction. Okay, and then what happened? Now we built the stadium uh, a year in advance. Oh, because the pandemic, you had extra time to do it? Like, no, 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 we would have been ready for the original time. Everything was done literally on time. There was no problems at all. In Are- fact, it was probably built before Hayward was. It was renovated like before it's, Hayward was. It's the elephant in the room, right? That they clearly made up a reason because they just wanted to give it to the brand new fancy Eugene Stadium. Right. right? I mean, I, I think that's what most people assume. Uh yeah. I have you you've been to Mount Sac, right? I like Mount Sac. Yeah. It's a cool yeah, it's 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 a, a cool area. I mean, spectacular spectacular food out there in, in Southern California. Obviously the historic cross country course that's that's right there. I think it'll be a great venue. I just don't know when. I th- I guess people assume the 2028 Olympics, since they're in LA, that's where they would put the trials. But also, they might want to do the trials in the actual Olympic Stadium, like they did in 84 and like they did in 96. You probably would want to get a test run on the actual venue, and that wouldn't be it. But... I don't know. How far out have they even have they even awarded USAs that far out? Are we doing this just on a year by year basis? No, there's never gonna be another USAs awarded not to Eugene. There's no point. They're gonna be like, why would we not have it here? Eugene's That's gonna tough, have it though. forever. That's tough though for Mount Sac because the, the facility is gonna be great. Uh the weather's good. A lot of athletes you that know, are local. They're gonna give Mount Sac to off year USAs. They're gonna be the new Drake. Or the yeah. new, they'll be the new Sacramento. They're going to be the new Sacramento okay. State. So I think they're mm-hmm. going to get the when's the next off year championship? I don't even know. Twenty six. We're all shipped. Twenty six. Is that the next off year? Mm-hmm. If they, unless they move things further, but yeah, twenty six would be the next off year. Really? Wait. 26. Yeah, we got five years in a row of championships. Oh, yeah. This is going to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't leave track now. If you're in on track, stay on track <laughs> because it's going to get good. You got. You got 21 in Tokyo, 22 in Eugene, 23 is is a world championships, uh, Budapest, I believe. 24 is going to be the Paris Olympics. 25, they haven't given it yet, but I believe Kenya is bidding. And there might be a couple bids from Africa. And then 26 would be the off year. So you have, yeah, you have five in a row. Nice. It's going to be great. We're finally going to get to see. We're going to test that theory about man having four major championships in a row just too much. Can't do it. Need an off year. Too much. Too many medals. Can't do it. That's that's wild. Yeah. So I they're probably going to get the twenty twenty six USA's. That's what Mount Sac. And they'll be like, they're going to, you know, pretend like this never happened. You know, it's construction. I'm sorry. All right. Tell me. Tell me about what you think. Let's put aside the thoughts on the on the on the on the pandemic, but let's just tell me what you think is is going to happen with fall cross country, and if it does get moved like football, how that is going to be managed if we have spring track and 
cross country going on simultaneously. So I guess first we should kind of enlighten viewers. Today is July 8th. Uh, it's yes. currently 9.20 in the morning. But today uh, the Ivy League is going to be make is likely to make an announcement that they're going to push all fall sports to the spring. Uh, mainly football, but all the fall sports just go along with it because if they're going to push football, they're going to push soccer, cross country, all that stuff. Uh, they're supposed to make that announcement today. Um, and so with that announcement, you think, okay, what does that mean? All right. Would that just mean that all the Ivy League schools don't get to participate in NCAA cross in the fall? And then just in the spring, they have their own little one-off Ivy League championship. I feel like that would be the best case scenario, right? For our sport is that just, yeah, it sucks. We don't get those eight Ivy League schools in it, yeah. you know, but yeah. they get to have their own little like kind of fake championship in the spring be between Penn relays and Mount Sac relays, just have a little, little cross country meet, you know, um, that's what I think is the most ideal situation. If this happens, I did start texting a bunch of coaches, cross country coaches to kind of mm -hmm. see like, Hey, what do you think is going to happen? Um, a lot of them were saying that it means nothing until a power five school does something or power five conference because mm -hmm. Ivy league football is not really in the same financial situation as collegiate, you know, power five collegiates. Uh, but they, they, I mean, I talked to an Ivy league coach and Ivy league coach said it probably is going to happen. Like we're going to, it's going to move the spring. Like he says, I imagine everything will be moved to the spring. So there is a, I mean, one of the Ivy League coaches is thinking this is happening. Um, most coaches saying, yes, we think the ball is going to get rolled. I think what's going to happen is uh, I think they're going to end up, uh, I think the Power Five are going to hold on until the very last minute. And I think that as of right now, I think it's going to be, there's going to be a cross country meet in the spring for Ivy League. That's what I think is going to happen. Okay, but let's let's consider two things. One, the secure the more secure play right now, and this isn't me figuring this out. I heard smart people talking about this in terms of a revenue perspective would be to move football to the spring just because there's just more stability around it. You can guarantee that the whole season is going to play out, right? So that's one thing. But can you? Two, I I mean, you can't guarantee why, why it, but do we it, think but the thing is, I just think we think Oh, we're everything's gonna be normal in the spring. That's what we said. Everything will be normal in the fall when we were in March, and we're like, oh no, now everything's. It's like we're just gonna continue well, to kick the can down the road. The, the, the society, no, no, or I think people yeah. are always gonna say like, I mean, this is a controversial take, but I feel like there's never gonna be a reason to start up because there's always gonna be a. You, we always are gonna live in a world with risk, right? Yes, yeah, the I, risk was a lot higher in March, but I feel like the risk is always going to exist. You know, my point in bringing that up wasn't to to argue about risk uh, and and the human condition. My point of bringing it up was to say the m people involved in the money, and this is a money decision. I think are making that calculus, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. That's just what they're saying, right? That's one factor. Second factor is we can't forget the spring, right? Which conference was the first conference to pull out of the basketball tournaments? Right, Ivy League. Yeah, right. Who who is the first school in our in our world of track and field? Who is the first school to pull out of 
the indoor championships. It's Harvard. Yeah. Harvard, right? So it's not crazy to think that they're going to make this move and then there's going to be a bit of a domino effect. What I want to know, because you have the power of imagination, if it does end up moving everything to this spring, right? Because they don't – this is a football decision. Yeah. And basketball is, is there as well too. But this is this is a football decision. The fact that they would pile cross-country in the same season of track would not be at the top of the NCAA's priority list. Agree or disagree? Yeah, well, yeah, it will be the only sport. Like cross country is the only sport where the athletes also compete in the spring, right? Because right. there's not really there's no football cross country Tra- like football, track and football basketball. Cross- I mean, there's a little sprint- bit of track and football, but sprint times are going to be smaller. Yeah, there is okay. Most most sports only have one season. Track and right. field is a sport that has three seasons. So, um, what if- will it look like if this happens? If in a week we're doing another podcast. And they decided to move football in the cross country to the to spring. What's this going to look like? What's going to happen? How are they going to deal with it? Or I should think... we just wait a week and then talk about it then? <laughs> I think what they're going to have to do is they're going to probably have to. Man, I don't even know. Do you think they would, would just have. Would you be allowed to compete I mean, how in both many... at the same time? Well, how many meets across country do you need, right? They probably uh, they probably just have no. You could do it. You just need three, right? Technically. Oh, you're saying do cross country in the beginning of the spring? Well, you then... just need three races, right? You just need conferences, regionals, and nationals, right? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. and you separate them. So you so you need a one, two, but regionals and nationals are one week apart. So you need three weeks. Right, mm-hmm. you need three week gap. You need a three week segment. So you probably would put that three week segment be in April, right? And then roll right into outdoor. Yeah. Okay. Well, outdoor is still happening for like sprinters, but all the distance runners are going to get their marks. Maybe what they'll mm-hmm. do is they'll allow um, distance marks to first outdoor track to be qualified for indoors. So like if you want a fast mile indoors, you can use that time to qualify yourself for the 1500 at prelims because basically you're taking out, you'll, th- this is what I think they'll do. They'll take out the month of April and they'll say okay. distance runners. The month of April is your cross country season. You don't need to do track sprinters, jumpers keep on doing track. Still go to, you know, go to Mount Sac and go to all the sprint meets or whatever. But yeah. cross country, you're going to have your cross country season in April, and because we took out four weeks of opportunities to run track, you can use your indoor marks to qualify you for outdoor prelims or okay. outdoor conferences, whatever. So that's what I think. They yeah. Do. So then, how do they? But the, then, here's the thing: conferences happens, right? And you crown conference championships, and then regionals happen. The question is, how do you go from regional? to national, right? You take the top two, (laughs) right? So that's 18. So then how do we take the at-large teams? That is where I don't know. That's where it becomes questionable. Maybe maybe what they do is they they say, hey, maybe we don't have eight, nine regionals and we have maybe like five 
and everyone is invited if they want to come and then we just take a hard cap like it's what six mm-hmm. six per region if you're top six you're in so the seventh place team in your region won't go and yes you could say it's unfair but we're in living in weird times and to complain about the seventh place team in a region not get, being able to go to NCAAs in April yeah. is like okay <laughs> guys it's it's cross country in April who who cares let's just it's let's just do it so that's probably what they'll do I think it would be I also, cool to have cross country in April. What if they what if indoor there's no indoor though then too? I guess you gotta throw that in as a, a possibility in terms of if you're looking at uh qualifying times. I it's yes, it's a strange thing to to worry about. With with football though, it's it's an easy thing to push back because it stays within the same school year, right? It's yeah. not like oh because a lot of the headaches with the spring sports was now we got to bring them back for another year and we got to figure out all the stuff with scholarships and grad school and people are going to want to leave and transfer with now there are some athletes who are probably graduating planning on graduating after the winter semester and it impacts them but by by and large the majority of people finish up in the spring so it keeps it in the same academic year would you have a cross-country championship if you could only do one thing if you could either have cross-country or distance races indoors you'd take cross-country right yeah but i don't think they would need to do that i really think my idea that i came up with literally on the spot right now is like the perfect idea you have indoor season where the indoor marks can count towards qualifying and distance events for outdoor Mm -hmm. april is cross-country month where you have conferences the first week of April, then a two-week break, and then you have regionals, the nationals. You make it so it's like a hard cap, like no no at-large bids, just top three or top four in each region. Boom. And then May is outdoor season, and if you don't have a mark, you have the first half of May to get a mark. And maybe they'll say like, hey, the top 40 – if you finish top 40 at the cross country nationals, that counts as a 10 K right. mark or something like that. You know, they'll find a w- weird way to do something like that. But, and then that's how you do it. So your season would be, you run indoor, you run it, and then you have two weeks off and then you have, you go into cross country season and then you have like two weeks off and then it's outdoor season. Mm. That's a lot of 10 Ks on the men's side of things. It's a lot of 10 Ks. Well, come on. They could, these I'm guys run 100 mile weeks. They can run 10k. I'm just kidding. I just think you're going to see a lot of very cautious coaches and a lot of redshirting going on there. Like, oh uh, yeah, my spring cross country season and my spring. <laughs> could like, you run? You could redshirt one and not the other, right? <laughs> like I'm redshirting in track, but I'm using my cross country eligibility, or vice versa. Be very confusing. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll probably have weird rules for it. But uh, I mean, they're. Who 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 would have an advantage in this situation? I I think the the power teams, the teams with just tremendous depth. Though, so, so on the men's side, you're looking at schools like BYU and NAU, and on the women's side, Stanford would be particularly strong but, because you have a lot. Would of, there? Hmm? But there wouldn't be any like because cross country is in the spring. All of a sudden, this team that wouldn't have been good in the fall is now good. Like right. No, I'm thinking about it more from the perspective of like, okay, say you have a, say the back half of your cross country lineup has a lot of 
people who are good in track that you maybe don't want to burn them out. You have some steeplers or something like that, and you could pop in uh, somebody deeper on your bench and still get the win in cross country or still finish where you need to finish in cross country without having to disrupt that person's season. And and then they can just take a red shirt year and start fresh. I mean, if you're an injury prone athlete, you're staying away from this with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. that That's why I think, and we've always joked about uh, last year, right? Lincoln, I think wrote that article about BYU's second seven could have been a top 10 team. I mean, well, now you could yeah. actually see it. You could actually see that. Like maybe they just, because maybe, I mean, if you're someone like Connor Mance, right? Or if you're someone like, who's good on NAU? You follow the team a little bit every now and then, right? You check in on the roster. Louis Grohalva? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, Grohalva's going to want to run the Olympic trials next year, right? Yeah. Connor Mance is going to want to run the Olympic trials next year, right? Yeah. Are they Are they going to want to do a full cross-country season? Not a full uh, – an abbreviated cross-country season in April and then – do the the Mac proposal for the rest of these months and then try to go to the Olympic trials. I mean, I, I think a lot of them might just make the calculus of like, let's pull some guys or some women up off the bench, fill these roles in, just see how good we can do in this weird spring cross country season. And let's just keep them focused on track because that's how we've always done it. I think you could see some of that. Yeah. I keep on refreshment, uh, refreshing my, uh, <laughs> better post thing, this um, up quick. Before it goes out of date, Alon needed to get this up as soon as possible because Gordon and I are going to sound <laughs> silly. I think, well, on the women's side, I mean, I think someone like Wayne Kalati would, I mean, kind of plays to her strength. Just keep rolling, man. Just keep crush all those six Ks, go out to track, win all the win, win everything. I mean, think how many titles you could rack up in just a short period of time. It's a, it's going to be a a unique challenge. I, but I just think. We were we were wrong in spring, so I want to have some humility here. When we were like, "Well, Har- Harvard, what are they doing?" And then within, then Rudy Gobert tests positive, and then the whole world changes. So I, I I'm yeah. opening up. I, I want to be open to the possibility that um, Ivy League will be the first one through the door, not the last one. Yeah. Also, I think Ivy League likes to get on their high little horse and be like, "Look at us, we're first. They like kind of mm-hmm. they like having that mantra to their name. Um, kind of reminds me of Johns Hopkins and their alumni. And what... <laughs> hey, Johns Hopkins hey. did something. They they, they uh, canceled. They were early too. They uh, were early too, right? They... Well, we just canceled this. We canceled September. No, I meant I meant in the the indoor season, right? They canceled something. They canceled like hosting. Was it about the basketball tournament or something? They did something relatively early too. Oh, I feel okay. like. Well, I know you our cross there. country team canceled. I don't. I know they asked for money. I just hang up. I see the four one zero area code and I don't pick up. That's all that happens. Four one zero, don't pick up. They're like, the they're gonna be someone I've dying. They're gonna be. They're gonna be someone dying or about to offer me a billion dollars. But if they have a four one zero code, one area code, I'm not gonna know about it. It's well, that's it's what that's it why is. you got to memorize the first three letters after the area code, the university extension. That's what I've done for Oregon. So five four one and then the next three, which I think is two two one. I just uh, yeah, that goes. They well, stopped know, calling yeah. me. Though. I know the. It's four one zero five one two. That's I know that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, just stay away from four one zero five one two. But I I think anyway. Yeah, Johns Hopkins cross country is canceled September. So that's I know that for they canceled September. Right, and if 
remember before schools were saying, hey, there's not going to be sports if there's not on-campus classes. If they hold that line, then there'll be other schools that that don't do. But you could argue sports. that like not having on-campus classes is perfect for a safely way of having sports. If the only people yeah. on campus are athletes, then like yeah. it's a lot harder to spread yeah, yeah. because it's only athletes, you know, and that's what you no, want, right? You only want, yeah. It's well, a bubble. Yes, it's like course. an Orlando bubble. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the fewer people, the better. Certainly, I'm just saying that's what the NCAA people said in the beginning because sports are tied to school in this way, and that's the that that's just how yeah. they've done it. I wanted to go back for a little bit and uh, and talk about Pro Trap for a second because I saw something that made me mad, Gordon, Ooh. and it's uh, well, this is there's an uh, there's an article. Mad. There's an article about Shawnee Miller-Weibo, and it said she tried to petition to change the schedule so she could do the two and the four in the Olympics, and they're not going to let her. So she might end up just running the 200 instead of the 400. So uh, Nick Sicardi of NBC dug into this and found the got the actual statement here about changing the schedule, and I just want to read it to you right now which says this with the introduction, basically the TLDR is schedules final. They're not changing it. Okay. But I'll do the full version here with the introduction of the four by 400 meter mixed relay to the competition program in Tokyo. This has added to the complexities of developing the timetable. Following this request, we once again reviewed all the different possibilities. While it may look simple to move one race to a time, which would allow increased rest time between the 200 and 400 there's a knock-on effect with other events, which are then impacted. Following the review of various scenarios, we concluded that the current timetable provides the best opportunity for a 200-400 doubling opportunity without adversely affecting the other events. The current timetable does allow the possibility to compete in both the 200 and 400, although we do acknowledge this requires racing twice in the same day on one occasion. Having taken that into consideration, we have tried to allow the maximum time in between the events, which results in almost 12 hours on that particular day. So they're basically saying they did the best they could, but they can't separate them anymore. I think in a 10-day track meet, you have to work the schedule out so people can so people can actually do the double. 100, 200 double should be possible. The 2, 4, 4, 8, 8, 5, uh, 8, 8, 15, 15, 5, 5, 10, right? Every double with one distance up should be available in a 10-day program. There's no reason why that shouldn't be the case. And they're bringing up the 4x4 mixed relay here as a complicating factor. That should not be in the equation at all. We should not be in a position in track and field to where we need to choose between Shawnee Miller-Weibo going for a historic double and watching the third best 4x4 of a competition, which is what the mixed gender 4x4 relay is throw that at the end of the meet throw that on the first day whatever discard it it should not factor in to watching potential tickets yeah you you broke up you, you broke up a bit there at the end of the uh, of your little rant uh i agree the whole I just said it was ridiculous I mean, carl it's ridiculous lewis, it's, carl, come on carl lewis says it best the four the mixed four by four is a clown show it is. It's not a real event. It's a fake event. It is a way, no one wants to say it, it's a way to give fake medals to certain individuals to say that they're all-time medalists. That, it's like, it's not real. It's like 
no one is trying to find out who has the best two men and women compete at the same time. And it's not even the best two. Like USA puts like their eighth and 12th best man and their third and ninth best woman. And they put them together and they're like, Oh, look at this. We're broke a world record. It's not real. Um, They, yeah. I also just think like, all right, you have the hundred and the 400, right? The, if you're a hundred meter runner or a 400 meter runner, you have to be one of the best six to be a hundred meter runner to go to Olympics. Or now you have to be one of the best eight 400 meter runners to go to Olympics. Whereas if you're a miler, you have to be one of the best three, right? There's no like, yeah, it's just like, do we really need to be sending eight 400 meter runners to the Olympics? We don't need the event. We don't need the event. And we especially don't need the event. If it's clogging up, if they're saying the schedule is too crowded to where we can't make a 200, 400 double possible when you have 10 days of competition and you can't separate the events completely. And you see this with other events too, right? We were talking before about the, the 15, five double and whether or not it's possible at the Olympics for the women. And there are events, uh, other doubling opportunities that are made complicated and if that is complicated, even 1% by the fact that, that we have to have a mixed gender 4x4 relay, we should get rid of the mixed gender 4x4 relay because, again, I mean, yeah, all it's you not a real event. Is you got to put the 100, the 400, the 1500, and the 10K. 10,000. Yep, on the first four days, five days. On, yep. In the first yep. four days, the, and then the 200, re- 800. Uh, yeah, split up the high 5K, hurdles. Yep. And split the high Boom, done. Steeple. Why, why is it steeple that, why is it that complicated? We've come up with schedules before that, that make it work. And again, Board Athletics at some point, well, they thought that this is going to capture the imagination of the youth of America or the world <laughs> by having a 4x4 relay that looks like field day. And it's not. That's not what people want to see. People want to see – Shawnee Miller-Webo or other great athletes, Wade Van Nieker, Allison Felix, back when she wanted to do it in, in, in 2016. They want to see them go for doubles to not just appear once over the portion of the Olympics, but run yeah. as You want to see Michael Norman his... race Noah Lyles. Yeah. Yes. 200. Yes. Yes. Instead, we're getting to see the third best 4x4. So this is crazy. This has always been crazy. It's it's should be simple. I remember when Allison Felix had to go through all this stuff to get the schedule changed in in sixteen. She didn't end up making the the team in the two hundred, so it didn't really matter. But even the fact that she had to petition and go through all this trouble to get a schedule that just makes sense is is crazy. And now we have the mixed four by four to blame it on. Okay, well here's an idea. Why don't you move the mix four by four out of the program entirely? Let's just keep bumping that out until it's three weeks later in Oslo or something like that. They can run it. Well, you made them. The thing is, world relays, whatever, run it then. It's, this is so. This is so crazy. No one to wants me. to. No one wants to admit that the mix relay is a bad idea because they were so like, this is such a great idea. And if they like a year in or two years in, they're like. They admit it was a bad idea. It makes them look bad. So they kind of got to die on it, this. Look, 
horse on this hill. hill. If they could have figured out, if they could figure out a way to make the mixed gender four by four relay be in the meet and still have all these doubles, fine, whatever, do it. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. It's just one more race or two more races when you're including the rounds, right? I don't care. But if you're saying that's the reason why we can't watch history, that's the reason why we can't watch one of the greatest athletes of the current era try to go for a 200, 400 double. Yeah, then it's got to go. Then you got to make that sacrifice. Then you got to say, hey, third best four by four in this meet. You don't belong. Move out of the way. I want to watch a 200, 400 double. Or I want to watch someone attempt a, a 400, 800 double. Or whatever it is. If it's causing any sort of log jam to the schedule, that should be the first thing that's cut. And Shawnee Miller-Weibo, at this point in her career, deserves the opportunity to try to get the 200, 400 double. Just like Allison Felix did. Just like you're mentioning, you know, can Michael Norman do it? Maybe not this Olympics, but in a future Olympics, they change the schedule for Michael Johnson. It shouldn't even be about that. There should be one standardized schedule that we stick to in track and field, and we should copy and paste it and use it every single time. And we don't need to add another four by four. I love four by fours. We don't need to add it, especially if it's getting in the way of history. Well, I think we should throw out the idea of doubles altogether and just make worlds You're only allowed to enter one event. <laughs> No, make it a four-day meet the way it is at NCAAs, and then do it. Why is Worlds 10 days anyway? It should be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday event. Well, because Olympics are 10 days, and the reason Olympics are 10 days is because it's a TV product, Money so you stretch it out. Well, make, all right, yeah, make yeah, the Olympics yeah. long, but Worlds should be four days. If well, you can have, no, because now— you can have a Diamond no, League final in a two-hour period— if you can have two Diamond League finals in two two-hour blocks, you can do yeah. Worlds in four days. If you can do NCAAs where they go from from 24 to a champion in every event, you can yeah. do that at Worlds. You can find a way to go well, from that's... 24 to one. But that's what Worlds is. Worlds is the first round of NCAAs combined with the final of NCAAs. Because NCAAs is really eight days if you're talking about sacramento or florida and then advancing to the final right those are the that's the first round technically i look no, but I'm fine 90, with it being, they're taking 96 I'm, the first round is 96 yeah yeah well what's the first round in some of these the sprint events at worlds it's pretty big it's not like they're going straight to 16 i i i know why no, that's a whole lanes you're you're going with a radical proposal, which I just think I admire, twenty four people is enough. You're a radical person. Twenty four people in the world. Look, I agree, but I'm saying at, at a bare minimum, at a bare minimum, if we're gonna make it ten days, I at least want to watch cool stuff for ten days. That's what I want to see. I want to see the best people run in the event, right? Do you know you what want, they should do? Don't we you want to approach? They should do a watch Shelby the fans. The fans need to come together, and during the mixed four by four, they need to stand up and turn around and not watch it, just to prove a point. Like this is not track and field. This is just like fake races. It's not real. Yeah, yeah. I'm again. If they want to put it the world relays, I'm completely fine with it. If they want to put it, yeah, it's fine. Uh, at other relay meets and other relay carnivals, that's fine. I'm totally cool with that. But it should not be in. It not should not be. It should definitely uh, be at relay carnivals because it, it's a clown relay. It, is, so it should be at yeah, relay it, carnivals. Exactly, exactly. Nah, I mean, all right. One more story here. 
This one, this one went viral, Gordon. It's rare for yeah. a track story to get so much traction. Yeah. And we have, sorry, my son is now in the background. Hey, bud, can you go out, please? All right. He's giving me a hug. All right. Go back out to mama, please. This is a good, this is a good segue because we're talking about family here. Yeah. Yeah. Gordon, why don't you go uh, lead off on this story while I try to uh, get my son to redirect into another room. So yeah, Usain Bolt and his girlfriend had a child and her name is Olympias Lightning Bolt. Olympia. 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 Sorry. Olympia Lightning Bolt. Olympia Lightning Mm -hmm. Bolt. Great name. People say it's an all-time great name. I mean, Mm -hmm. middle name being Lightning, it's just like, that's what we all, it's like, boom. You could name, her first name could be anything, but the fact that her middle name is Lightning and your your last two names go Lightning Bolt, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's, gotta love that. And this is a thing though. A like, pressure, right? This is such a this is such a good name that when she gets married, it's gonna be hard for that guy to want to for her to take that name because she's got a good one. <laughs> so you're gonna have to have for whoever her future husband is, he's really gonna have to one up that lightning bolt last name for her to be willing to change it for him. So I think uh she might keep this name forever, no matter who she marries, which is you know, but Olympia Lightning Bolt. It's a lot of, a lot of Usain Bolt in that name, right? Yeah, it's just a lot of like the the Olympic level of the running, yeah. the lightning bolt because of his running. You know, she is always gonna know who her dad is, no matter what, because of her first, middle, and last name. Yeah, just a ton of pressure too. Just a a, a ton have of pressure. Ever, I know. Pe- What's up? Have you ever thought about naming your children something? that like flows like that or is it more just like we're gonna pick a name well what's the process of what you want to name your son originally um well he's good at interrupting as you can see so maybe with something (laughs) interrupting sully i'm not sure no i i think it's uh what's crazy is the the middle name overshadows the first name and that's rare how many other people do you remember their middle name more than their their first name because when i saw it i glanced over the first name and then i went right to aha lightning that's that's clever and then i had to go back and think oh olympia okay well he's just you're right it's an homage all the way through all three parts a lot of talk about how fast olympia will be one day but i still think because i don't i don't know the the athletic exploits of uh, Usain Bolt's girlfriend, Cassie Bennett. But I do know the athletic exploits of the Eatons. And I think their kid is still the favorite. Yeah. Also, there's a lot of pressure, like you said, for Olympia. I mean, what if she's like really into poetry? And, yeah. you know, like she has the fastest poetry out there. Yeah. <laughs> she's like really good at ping pong, poetry, and uh, just non movement type activities. But yeah. No, it's. Uh, I can't wait to see her at the AAU Junior Olympic Games, like the <laughs> age under six, you know, hundred meter final, going up against uh, Chad Johnson's granddaughter. It's gonna be great. I think Bolt. I think Bolt would be a good sports dad because he'd be very relaxed. He'd say most. You know, you always think of 
former athletes as being hard charging. Bolt would be like, man, just go to practice once or twice a week. That's what I did for a lot of my career. And it worked out fine for me. You'll be, you'll be good. <laughs> and then I, yeah. then I, then I was like, I'm not going to practice at all for a year. And then I'm just going to come back and then uh, yeah. practice a little bit again. He like take, yeah. he takes off years seriously. Like he does not yeah. trade in off years. He's just like, I am done. Yeah, like someone sends him a schedule. He's like, okay, well, guess I'm not showing up in 2010. See you guys next year. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Best. Uh, well, congrats. Yeah. Congrats to the, uh, to, to the new parents, Usain and Cassie. On, uh, on on the birth of Olympia, Lightning, Bolt, man, it was right there, right in front of us the entire time. Any other? Do you have any other favorite or kids you're curious about how they'll they'll develop? Obviously, Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf was one a while ago. Although their, their kids got to be pretty old now, I'm not sure in terms of the the tennis exploits. But I mean, the Goucher, right? Goucher's kid. <gasps> oh Colt? yeah, yeah, Colt. Yeah. He's getting older now, right? Well, Eventually, he's, yeah. he's going to start running. So it'll be interesting to see the uh, – I don't know. The Halls don't have – Sarah Hall's never had a kid. They've only adopted kids, right? They've, they've adopted, the Halls, correct. Yeah, they've adopted. Yeah. So, But I'm sure those two genes well, together would make a, a fast child. Well, you're seeing it with Shane Culpepper and Alan Culpepper. Right with Cruz, yeah, pretty. Fast. I mean, we saw it with uh, what's his name? Uh, or uh, Rainsberger, Katie Rainsberger was good. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to look at how old the uh, the the Agassi, Steffi Graf, kid is. Child. Let's see. Let's see here. This is great. Uh, this is great. They have two children. Google here we that. go. Uh, oh wait, wow, born 2001. Okay. Ooh, they're old. So, so yeah. they should start and, then they had, good. A, and then they had a daughter in 2003. But they said they weren't going to push them towards playing any sports. So good for them. Good for them. Well, I think you Everybody... should push your children, though, to play sports. <laughs> you just shouldn't push them to be tennis. Like, well, you don't need to push them to, like, uh, to only think about sports. Like, I think every child needs a parent in their life who encourages them to try out for a, a football team, basketball team, soccer team, or whatever, and then see if they mm -hmm. like it. And the, let, the first time they want to quit, you don't let them quit the first time. Second time they want to quit, you don't let them quit. Third time they want to quit, you let them quit. You got you to, gotta like, get through that little bit of the callus of, like, but they didn't pick me, or, like, coach benched yeah. me, I give up. You're like, you got to, like, help them deal with immaturity to, like, keep them going. Because I'm sure for me, I think about like, I'm sure I came home being like, I hate this. I don't want to do it anymore. And my parents are like, no, you're still going to do it. And I did it. And then, you know, I became, I ended up falling in love with it. Right. So I think you need a little bit of parents being like, no, you can't quit. Or at least you have to at least commit to one season and then you yeah. can quit in the summer type thing. Uh, but that's, it's, it, I get it though. It's a weird balance, right? Because you don't want to be the overbearing parent, but you also want to be the encouraging one. So. But I don't have to worry you about have that. A, you do. You have what? You have like twelve kids, right? Two. You have a lot of theories Two. about parenting. If I didn't know any better, I'd th is there an announcement you want to make at the end of this episode? No, 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 no announcement at all. Okay. No announcement. Okay. You'll you'll let us know though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The whole idea of re resilience, right? Teaching teaching them uh, bounce back 
everything's not going to be perfect the first time you do it. You're not going to be great at, at everything. I do remember uh, Bolt in his documentary, basically speaking, like, yeah, if you're not good at it the first time, you know, stick with it. But then if you're not good at it, like the second time, then it's probably just not for you. Probably just move on. <laughs> I mean, just he, he understands how talented he is. And he, he understands yeah. how much of this was was uh, nothing that anybody could replicate with all the work ethic in the world combined. And he was just like, yeah, if you're not going to be the best in the world, why? What's the point? Let's just keep it moving. Let's keep going. Um, anyway, uh, why don't you – can you do one more check of the headlines here just to make sure if uh, – That's what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm okay. Twitter searching the phrase Ivy League, and I have not mm -hmm. found uh, – I mean, there is a new thing – going on i mean this is kind of political but the if your school uh is only online classes they're not going to allow the government's not going to allow international students to come because they're saying you only can come if you have in-person classes which i think is a play for them to force schools to have in-person classes but this could affect ncaa athletes who schools are online only but they want to come back because they want to compete right uh so that would be an interesting thing if that – I mean, I don't think – I think it's all – I mean, it's July 8th. I think everything's all talk, and they're going to work it out. And by the time schools actually open in August, I think things will kind of be sorted out. But right now we're kind of in the middle of the, the minefield of it. Uh, but that would be interesting if if there's like – you know, think about – like what's a team – like Arkansas, right? They have a bunch of Kenyan athletes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they're mm -hmm. a team that could potentially win it if they all are – healthy and in it at the same time but imagine if arkansas goes online only and now arkansas's team can't have any of their top you know kenyan transfers come in because they're an online only school so i don't think that would happen i do think worse comes to worse is that they'll make an exception that if you have a reason to be on campus you're allowed to come like if you're an ncaa athlete but i think they're just all trying to write write the rules as they create the rules and i think they're going to end up writing it with a pencil and have to start erasing and changing it by the time we get to august 31st you know because no we're Sounds no like one's ever done this right we've never been in a pandemic right. we don't know what we're doing uh it's a we're all kind of going through this for the first time so especially schools and governments and all that stuff so anyway but that would be Sounds interesting like right if all of a sudden you look at your roster and you're like thank god i don't have international athletes because now all those teams with international athletes can't compete it will be it'll be wild but i highly doubt that's gonna happen but yeah i mean it would be it would be horrible i mean not, not just for we we think of it from the from the running well from the sports context first which obviously there's people who aren't involved in sports who it would impact but think about all the other not just track and field athletes how many international athletes come for a variety of sports in the in the NCAA, yeah. so it sounds like it sounds like sounds like you have some text messages to send out to your coaching friends throughout the uh, throughout the country to figure out what's going on with that yeah. as well too. Maybe you'll have an update the next time you're on the show. I'm just teasing all your reporting think, that I, you're going to do. Teasing reporting, yeah. Get, be, get on I mean, it, some, anyway. But but some some coaches have texted me about how it might not, it might be just like legally they can't come back because of quarantine type stuff like or like you know if you're from a certain country you know because we when this first started they like blocked off travel from europe for like a month i'm not sure what all the travel changes are for this whole stuff but there might be still be like a quarantine travel hold on certain countries 
because of whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right, it's all complicated. We'll leave it, but we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail is the email address. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Flowtrack.org slash Flowtrack Podcast. Thanks to Elon for producing. Thanks to you, Gordon, for co-hosting. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. 22 days away from the NBA season. <laughs>